Hello, my citizen legislators. Uh, this is season two of Topless Government. 2023, 2023, we are in it. And unfortunately, okay, January 6th, 2023, two-year anniversary of the insurrection. I hope everybody is doing well on this Friday. And y'all already know what I'm going to talk about today because, I mean, everybody has been glued to their seats. So y'all know that the, you know, Republican Party, the grand old party, the GOP, has a non-seat majority for the 118th Congress. And, you know, any other time, you know, any other time, it would be different. So, you know, you have to vote for a speaker in order to organize and to swear in members elect. Guess what? It's Groundhog Day, people. It is Groundhog Day in Congress. And I am so here for it. I am truly, truly here for this. So I need to just let y'all know, let's get this party started. So we're going to talk about the speaker's race and representative elect Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California. Three days, 11 manual roll call votes, people. 11 manual roll call votes. They are calling all 434 members of Congress. And I, and, and I know some of you may be asking, wait a minute, I thought it was 435. Well, guess what? The gentle lady from the District of Columbia is not allowed to vote on organizing matters in the whole House of the State of the Union. And I'm talking about my representative, Eleanor Holmes Norton. She is not allowed to vote because DC is not a state. And I'm not gonna get into the whole statehood discussion with y'all today, cause I'm just not. So citizen legislators, let's just get this going. Today, we're gonna talk about the speaker's race and I got to tell you, this is the fourth day. They convene at noon. The House will convene at noon. And potentially they will do a 12th manual roll call vote. And as you have all been watching over the past three days, Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes. You need 218. You need 218 out of 434. And he's not getting it. There are the same 21 people, that Republicans that continue to vote no on him. And there are particularly, I would say, maybe five to six hardliners that are basically saying, no, Kevin, no. And, you know, I... I don't know what the end game is. And I know a lot of you are probably asking yourselves, what is the end game? You know, those that are supporting our representative-elect Kevin McCarthy, they keep saying, oh, we're close to a deal. We're close to a deal. We're close to a deal with the 20. Or the 21, pardon me. They're not close to a deal. Um, Kevin McCarthy has, like, given away the farm. I'm going to go into some political procedural parliamentarian jargon, and I apologize in advance, but this is how your government works. This is how the sausage is made, and I'm, it's not pretty. 
basically this is this is it the biggest sticking point is the motion to vacate the chair which means you can remove the speaker of the house at any time so this is what he agreed to he agreed to first five members of the republican conference could bring it up the motion now they've reduced it to one member of the conference could bring it up one people and then you know you got the nerve of some of these republicans who are on cnn this morning saying oh there's no difference between one and five i call bs on that there is a big difference because essentially if they don't like how the speaker is operating and leading the full house, they can oust them. They can oust them. I mean, come on, people. Republicans have a 222 seat majority. The Democrats have 213. The House, it, it rules on majority. I mean, it, it does. And so he's given that up. He's ceded that point to them. He's also basically said that members of the Free Freedom Caucus could be on the House Rules Committee. And the House Rules Committee has been called in the past the Speaker's Committee because it wields a lot of power. The House Rules Committee actually, it um, operates on the, um, the debate of the House, on what rules of debate will happen. And that means that during a debate on a particular piece of legislation, the rules, you have to testify in front of the rules committee and they adopt rules of debate. So they control the legislative agenda. So he's conceded that point to them. Then on top of that, when it comes to um, congressional hearings and testifying, members of the Biden administration can no longer do virtual testimony. They have to come up to the House of Representatives. If you're a non-government official, you can still do it remotely. Okay, I mean, I could see that point to a certain extent. I could. Now, let's talk about um, House Appropriation Committee assignments. Well, you know, there's a little bit of sticking point with regards to that. There's one particular member of the, of the um, Republican Conference, Representative Andy I'm sorry, representative-elect, and I'm going to keep saying this because they have not been sworn in, people. They are representative-elect until they get a speaker, and a speaker can swear them in. So representative-elect Andy Harris, Republican from the state of Maryland, he is, from what I've been hearing from people, he wants to be chairman of the Labor HHS Appropriations Subcommittee. Now, he's a doctor by trade. And he supports, you know, he's pro-birth. He ain't pro-life. He pro-birth. He wants, you know, to continue to get rid of your reproductive rights. So there's a whole lot of issues that are at stake. I mean, Kevin McCarthy has conceded on so many different points. The, um, the House Republicans have put forward a rules package, and it's very draconian in nature i mean it's it goes there it really really does and they want to roll back so many things for instance since we're talking on january 6th let's go there you know what they just did a couple of days ago they removed the metal detectors from the capitol yeah the metal detectors are gone 
Um, I don't even know what to say on that point is that let something happen, let something happen. And yeah, let something happen. And then on top of that, um, in the past, in the 117th Congress, you know, if you wanted to go meet with an office, you had to be escorted in by congressional staff. Not anymore. I mean, I get, you know, we're, you know, slowly coming out of the pandemic, but we have a new variant of COVID-19. And it is contagious, but as of right now, you know, the CDC and other medical officials are saying, you know, the hospital rates haven't risen because of that variant. But people were still in a pandemic. But, you know, I, I, I digress on that point because I know y'all want to talk about what's going on now. Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day, Groundhog Day. I will tell you, Kevin McCarthy doesn't, he, there, there's no way that he's going to get past this because every vote has been representative-elect Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York, who's the new Democratic leader. He gets 212. Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy got 200. Then you have Representative-elect Hearns, Republican from Oklahoma. I believe he got like maybe 10 votes. Then you had the former president got one vote from Representative-elect Matt Gates, Republican from Florida. And then you had one from um, Representative-elect Byron Donald. He's a Republican from Florida, and he's, he's Black. He's a Black man. And he's one of the hardliners when he's, he's never Kevin, never Kevin McCarthy. And, I, and, you know, I know that they continue to negotiate. They want, to, they want systematic change of how the House of Representatives operates. You know, they want regular order, which means things need to be done in a precise way, allowing people to have, you know, the right to debate on the floor to offer amendments. I mean, people, they're going past the point of they want to open rule on major pieces of legislation, i.e. appropriation bills. And you know what? And I, and I, and I get that. I, I truly do. I get it. As a former staffer, I always hated when they did omnibus appropriation bills. And what I mean by that, that's wrapping up all 12 appropriation bills. And they could be thousands of pages. I mean, just like, you know, the Consolidated Appropriations Act of 2023. That was over 4,700 pages. 4,700 pages. And normally under the House rules, or at least for the 117th Congress, you had it was 48 hours that you could look at a piece of legislation before it was voted on. And so, you know, the hardline Republicans are like, no, we can't operate like that. But I'm going to tell you, it's the question of leadership. They truly believe that Kevin McCarthy doesn't have the leadership skills and that actually he's a part of the problem. And I agree with them on that. I'm going to be perfectly honest. I agree with them because he's been in leadership for over a decade. Now, okay, he led them to a slim majority. He has fundraised like nobody's business. But you know what? When you're in leadership, that's your damn job. That's your job. So, I mean, 
people have been patting him on the back for that. That's his job. That is his job. But now he's looking, looking really silly because he put forth all that effort, all that time fundraising all across the country, meeting with potential candidates to run for you know Congress, and this is what happens. People, he truly thought that he had it in the bag because he was elected by the Republican conference back in December. But people, when it comes to the speaker, it's the speaker of the whole house. It's not the speaker of the Republicans. It's the whole house, Republicans and Democrats. And guess what? Over the last three days, you've seen this. 11 manual roll call votes, people. And he still couldn't get it. There is no path forward for him. I mean, again, I've been hearing, you know, on Twitter, you know, reports that some, you know, called for an in-person meeting today with, with, the, with the conference. And McCarthy said, no, we could do it over a conference call. Really? Seriously? I mean, after they adjourned last night, because, okay, so the motion to adjourn was brought forward by Representative-elect Steve Scalise, Republican from Louisiana, and who's in line to be the majority leader. But he's, but he's not right now, because the 118th Congress is not seated. It is not seated. Nothing can be done. No bills can be introduced. Constituent services, you could forget it. I mean... If you got issues with immigration, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, if you have a family member in trouble overseas, you can forget it. I hate to tell you this, you're screwed. Until there is a Speaker of the House, the House cannot get organized. It cannot swear in members elect. I don't know how long this is going to go on, but there needs to be a Watergate moment like there was back in 1974 with Richard Nixon, when you had Republican senators going to him and telling him, for the good of the country, you need to resign. Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy, for the good of the country, you need to step down. You need to step down because this cannot continue. Our country is at a standstill. We need to get the people's business done. You have tried 11 times and 11 times the same result. And people, what does that mean? Is the definition of insane, insanity. You think that the, you, you keep doing it over and over again and you're going to get a different result? You're not. You need to step down. You really need to step down for the sake of the country. Y'all need to move on. Yes, you have a nine-seat majority. It's slim. And we already know that you're going to go after the Biden-Harris administration, you know, the cabinet officials. We already know you're going to, you want to investigate his son. Okay, fine. Oversight. Oversight is a function of Congress. We totally get that. But I'm going to tell you this. The American people want stuff done. They want stuff done. And in, we need to get past this. You need to step down. Somebody needs to tell you from the Republican conference, you need to step down because I'm sorry, this is embarrassing. 
this is embarrassing. And I know a lot of Republicans in the conference are saying this is not weakening him. It is weakening him. It's, it's actually weakening the office of the speaker. And oh, can we talk about the office of the speaker and the fact that representative elect Kevin McCarthy made the decision to move into the speaker suite in, in the Capitol. He just did it. But guess what? A member from his own conference, and y'all shouldn't be surprised of who I'm telling you who it is. Representative-elect Matt Gates from Florida wrote a letter to the House clerk and asked, why has he moved into the speaker's offices? Why has he done that? What rule allows him to do that? Is there a precedent for that? Why? Can you can you can you tell me why? And also, I've heard from congressional staff, you know, the Republican conference had a conference call. I, I guess it was like Sunday or it was Monday. And representative elect Kevin McCarthy was, you know, making his case for speaker. He had the audacity. He had the nerve. Wait for it. I earned this. I earned this. Entitled much? You didn't earn anything. You did your job. You want to be speaker. I don't know why you want to be speaker because you pretty much gambled against yourself. You do not know how to negotiate. I mean, the thing is, I'm going to say it again. In principle, I mean, I, be, I, I agree with some of the 21 that have consistently voted against him. And in particular, I, I mean, I agree. I can't believe I'm saying this with representative elect Roy Chip. He's a former staffer. He, I mean, he's basically like, look, all I want is the opportunity for us to have a full debate on the house floor. As some of you sometimes watch C-SPAN or you go on house.gov and you're watching the live proceedings of the House of Representatives, I know y'all notice there are not that many people in the chamber. And you're like, what the hell? My, my taxpayer dollars, you know, where are the members of Congress? Look, a day in the life of a member of Congress is hectic. And on top of voting, they got to go to committee hearings, committee markups. Then also they got to fundraise, but they have to do that off site. Because remember, I mean, they're up every two years. So literally when you're sworn in, you've already started raising money for the next cycle. And the next cycle is 2024. So, I mean, I get what representative elect Chip um, Roy from um, Texas is saying. I get it. But there has to be a balance. Like, how do you figure out when you're going to have these committee hearings? When are you going to have these markups? Because people, you know, there are over 26 standing committees and there are select committees in the House and in the Senate. I mean, that's, that's your job, to be a member of a committee, to push, push forward your, your policy ideas. I mean, how do you do it? So the fact that they have been, everybody has been in the chamber this week. Everybody has been bringing this up in their nominating speeches that, you know, this is the first time that everybody has been in the chamber together. Okay, that's, 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 that's being disingenuous. The, most of the time, like if they do a joint session of Congress, they're in there. 
um, at the beginning of a Congress, when they're swearing in, they're in there. Same thing goes for the Senate. So this is what I'm saying to you. Committee assignments in the House of Representatives, we're not going to find out until February. And then also, I want to talk a little bit about the upper chamber. I mean, even though it's not going through the chaos that the House is going through, guess what? Because of a certain senator from the state of Arizona, she decided to declare her independence. And you know what, my sister? You could declare your independence, but the way you went about in doing it, I think that was wrong. It was calculated. You did it after Senator Raphael Warnock won the runoff against Herschel Walker. You did it the day after. Now, you claim you still, you know, you've asked for your, to, get, to keep your committee assignments. And unfortunately, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer from New York has agreed to that. I don't even want to say her name because I, I just think sometimes she's her own worst enemy. And so now they're trying to figure out the committee ratios. So we're not going to find out about Senate committee assignments until I think after January 23rd. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't, I, I don't understand what people are thinking. I mean, this particular Senator has her own agenda and she's up in 2024. She's up in 2024, but you know, she keeps saying that she wants to be like the late John McCain. She's not, she's not. She really isn't. She's doing a disservice to her constituents. And, you know, you could do whatever you want. You could follow the beat of your own drummer. But at the end of the day, you working for the you working for your constituents in the state of Arizona. And I, I'm gonna be honest, I'm like, I'm not from Arizona, but I'm deeply disappointed. I really, really am. But let's get back to Groundhog Day in the House of Representatives. So today, this will be the fourth day of voting. This will be the 12th manual roll call vote. And the poor house clerk, bless her heart. Oh my gosh. I mean, I, she's, yeah. Yesterday, get this. She had to tell everybody in the chamber that they could not, they had to speak through the chair. And, you know, and they, she wanted decorum in the chamber and everybody clapped, but you know, it, it, some of this stuff is getting, is, is getting really, really personal. And I don't see members of the Republican conference making their way back. I just don't, you know, they keep saying publicly, no, 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 this is not going to weaken us. Oh, intra-party fighting does weaken a party. Trust me when I tell you that. They need to understand the 21 are not going to capitulate. They're not. You need to listen to them. They don't want lip service. They don't want lip service. Again, they want regular order. They want to be able to vote on the 12 individual appropriation bills each fiscal year. But one of the things that concerns me, there's been this whole disingenuous discussion about earmarks and it's you know it's, it's community project funding but essentially under the rules package 
that, you know, some of the 21 want to include is you have to vote separately on the community project funding request. I, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. Community project funding requests, it's money already in the budget, in the federal budget. And guess what? The House has the power of the purse, not the executive branch. The House has been ceding the power of the purse to the executive branch for a good while, for probably over a decade. But now, you know, community project funding has been reinstated. <coughs> Excuse me. The Republican conference voted to keep earmarks in the 118th Congress. And actually, overwhelmingly, they approved of it. But you have a few in the Republican conference who are like, you know, it's a slippery slope. You know, we need to control the budget deficit. Well, what about the $1.7 trillion tax cut in 2017? I'm sorry, each, each party owns the deficit. They do. But when it comes to community project funding, that's already money in the budget. And it's just being targeted to nonprofits, state and local government. That's it. That's it. And also, people, you have to be very, very transparent in the appropriations process now. But this is these are some of the things that the hardliners want Kevin McCarthy to concede. And he's done it. Um, proxy voting, gone. Gone. There will be no more proxy voting. Um, I get it. I mean, look, I get it. I, I, I really, really do. I truly get it. You know, but we're still in a pandemic. And I mean, you have a lot of elderly members of the house, but again, I mean, that's, that's another thing that they want to do. And so all I'm going to tell you, I don't know where this is going to end. I really, really don't. You know, they convene at noon. It's 11.51 a.m. right now. They they convene at nine um, in nine minutes. I don't know what's going to happen. I mean, well, I do. But I mean, you know, y'all already know because it's Groundhog Day. I keep telling y'all, it's, it's Groundhog Day. It just, you know, I think the same outcome is going to occur. And I think a lot of people have just gotten to the point, you know, all right, this was cute for the first day, but we're now into the fourth day of Groundhog Day. Uh, the people's business is not getting done and constituents are like, what do you mean you can't help me? Sorry, can't help you because I'm not sworn in to the 118th Congress. I'm, I'm, I'm not sworn in. I'm like, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, and this is this is really concerning. And I think a lot of you need to reach out to your members of Congress and you need to tell them Kevin McCarthy does not have the votes. He needs to step down. I don't know who the consensus builder in the Republican conference could be. Well, I have an inkling, but I don't want to say it out loud because <laughs> I don't want y'all to come back to me. Well, you said this and you said that. But all I'm telling you is my people, my citizen legislators, Jesus, take the wheel. I'm sorry. I know this is the new year and y'all weren't expecting this. 
I, I, I'm going to be honest. I always knew that Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy was not going to get it on the first ballot. The fact that it went past the ninth ballot, and this was that was the um, past the ninth ballot, that was the first time in a hundred years, people. A hundred years, a hundred years. And another thing, back in 1856, you know how long it took Congress to elect the speaker? Two and a half months. Two and a half months, people. We ain't got time for this bull. We do not have time for this bull because we're going into presidential election cycle. We do not have time for this. And y'all watch closely of today's debate of the role, the, the manual roll call vote and the nominating speeches. I'm telling you, if so, the nominating speech for representative elect Kevin McCarthy, Republican from California, his person will nominate him. And then the nomination for representative elect Hakeem Jeffries, Democrat from New York, he's the Democratic leader, then someone will nominate him. And then y'all need to wait. If somebody else gets recognition from the clerk and they nominate somebody, you know from that, if they get past five votes, four votes, it's done. He does not have the votes. He can only lose four. And I know a lot of you have been asking, well, what's the scenario? Couldn't, couldn't Representative-elect Hakeem Jeffries get it? Yeah, he could. I mean, but that would mean, you know, six or seven Republicans voting with him. Because people, the magic number is 218. And also, one of my friends asked me last night, they said, well, if a person votes present, doesn't that lower the number? Yes, it does. And, and thus far, there's been one Republican um, um, from Indiana. I think her name is either Victoria Sparks. She's been voting present. I mean, she consistently voted present yesterday. Um, and I believe on Wednesday. So if more people vote present, there could be another scenario that you would see. I mean, but as of right now, I mean, Hakeem Jeffries has been consistently beating representative-elect Kevin McCarthy in the numbers. But remember, you need 218. And so I know yesterday there was 432 votes cast in the chamber. I, look, at the end of the day, we just, we just need to have this done. I personally just think that Kevin McCarthy just needs to step down and then allow the conference to choose a consensus builder in the conference for them that they believe that will lead them. Um, I am under no illusion that this will happen because Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy has said publicly that he's not going to stop. He's going to continue the fight. But people, after three days and 11 roll call votes, you losing. And you think, you know, you know, I, I get that this is everybody conceives that this is, you know, a great debate, whatever. But potentially, 
it is going to get, it, I, I, no, not potentially. It is at the point where it is really concerning. And, you know, if constituent services can't be done by these member offices, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, also think about this. The district offices, you know, because they are the front lines for casework. I mean, think about that. Like, truly think about, they are the front lines and they can't do anything. They cannot do anything. And I mean, and you know, and this is sad and it's a little pathetic. I mean, this should have been resolved internally in the Republican conference months ago. I mean, I've I've read the letters that though, um, you know, <clears throat> that those that have been against Representative-elect Kevin McCarthy, you know, you know, at the end of the day, like any human being, they want to be heard, they want to be seen. But in this instance, it's affecting our country. And I know a lot of them, you know, want the limelight. They want the media limelight because they want to get on these important committees. And they want to shine. They want to get their 15 minutes of fame, people. You know what? I, I don't think that that's right. I don't think that their constituents would appreciate that. But you know what? We're living in a different paradigm when it comes to politics. Because the one thing that I've noticed um, with Republicans and those that vote Republican, they just want to see their members of Congress embarrass others who they perceive as their, as their enemies. That's what this is about. And, and then think about how the former president has weighed in. And I have to tell you that the 20 to 21 Republicans that consistently voted against representative-elect Kevin McCarthy, they said on the floor, one in particular, representative-elect Lauren Bobart, Republican from Colorado, she barely won. She squeaked out. She barely won. But guess what? She said on the floor, yes, they've threatened us. They had the former president talk to us and tell us to knock it off. They have threatened us. Like, if you if, if you don't um, support Kevin McCarthy, you're not going to get your committee assignments. They are airing their dirty laundry people. And I got to tell you, the way that some of those Republicans are spinning it, like, no, this is a healthy debate. To a certain extent, it is a healthy debate. However, it's an inter-party debate. And they should have gotten this shit handled. Sorry for dropping the damn S word, but I'm like, I am frustrated. And I know a lot of Americans are very frustrated by this because I mean, this is the fourth day of this. They, they, they just convened. They just convened. And I, the fourth day, and I mean, I've been getting emails from the Democratic whip uh, Representative-elect um, Catherine Clark from Massachusetts, she's telling her Democratic members, y'all better be near the floor. You better be on the floor. And, oh, yeah, by the way, don't think about going home. Oh, and, oh, let's talk about that for a moment. So have been hearing this. A member of Congress' parent passed away. He wants to go to her funeral. A member of Congress... He and his wife just had another baby. He wants to be with his wife. 
another member of Congress. His wife is ill. He wants to be with her. Um, another member of Congress, and these are all Republicans, mind you. He's not feeling well. He flew back to his congressional district to go to the hospital. So, I mean, people are dealing with familial stuff. Illnesses, births, deaths. I mean, come on, people. It gets to a point. I mean, I know it's their job. Look, I get it. We pay them. We pay them $174,000. But I'm telling you, you know, they're going to be vote. I mean, members are going to be dropping off. I mean, and this is just the Republicans. And think about this. So the first time that they voted on the motion to adjourn, I believe that was Wednesday night. Yeah. There were a couple of Democratic members were in the chamber. So guess what happened in the caucus meeting? They got called out. This is no joke. You need all 213 members of the Democratic caucus in the damn chamber. Look, and this is what their excuse. Oh, we were at a congressional um, um, Hispanic caucus uh, reception. Y'all partying? Y'all, excuse me, partying while Rome is on fire? And Nero is playing the damn flute? Oh, please, people. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. Every vote counts. <coughs> so, like I said, it's now 12.03 on Friday, January 6th. Groundhog Day number four. Y'all do the math. Because I, I, I truly, I truly don't see this. I truly, truly don't see a path. For Kevin McCarthy. I just don't. I know Representative-elect Chip Roy from, from Texas said that he could bring along himself and 10 others. Yeah. You still got the hardliners. You still got them. They're saying, never Kevin, never Kevin, never Kevin. Wake up. For the good of the conference, for the good of the country, Kevin McCarthy just, just please step down. Just, I mean, just please, because, you know, the longer that this goes on, the worse it's going to be for you. And as a man, I mean, I know this is debilitating to your ego. It must be. Because you know what? For me, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you, I'm a strong black woman. I ain't going to lie. Black women, we, we carry a lot on our backs. We really, really do. Because we don't have a choice. But as a white man, you know, I'm sorry, you know, y'all got egos the size of Texas. Well, I'm sorry, no, the size of Alaska. And I mean, you would think by now that you you better have an end game because you know some of your some of your conference members are asking you, what is the end game here? What's the next steps? So are we gonna keep doing manual roll call votes until you think you're gonna get the number? They have not, the 21 have not capitulated. They have not agreed. Y'all keep saying you got an agreement. You got an agreement. You got an agreement. You do not have an agreement. Stop saying that. All y'all, every time that y'all say it, you look silly. And it looks like that you're saving face. You're not saving face in this instance. You are not. All you need to do is get, I mean, I know 
that Representative-elect Tom Emmer, he's a Republican from Minnesota, has been trying. I know Representative-elect Patrick McHenry, Republican from North Carolina, he has been trying. A lot of people have been trying in the conference. You're not going to get those five. You're not. So I don't know what to tell you. You better have an in-game strategy with this because the American people are getting sick of this. We pay for your salaries. We pay for your office expenses and stuff, for you to travel, for you to have franking privileges so to send out constituent mailers. Come on, people. This is it's, it's now 2023. It's the second anniversary of the insurrection, and I called it by its name, insurrection, because y'all tried to commit treason against our country. And I'm sorry, there are still a few insurrectionists in Congress, which pisses me off to no end. And, you know, y'all need to just do the people's business. Do the people's business. This is what we pay you for. Because guess what? Oh, yeah, we got to pay y'all our taxes April 15th. Yeah. You know, sometimes I'm like, mm, you know, come on. And one of the other things that um that I know in the rules package that they want to do, they want to get rid of PAYGO. That's an awkward term. They, I mean... Essentially, they're like, they keep saying, oh, we're spending money that we, we don't have. Well, well, I'm sorry. Y'all still, we still collecting taxes. Tax man still collecting, collecting taxes. Do I, I not know something? And also, um, y'all want to roll back and rescind all that money to the IRS for the, um, the IRS agents. Because y'all think they going after regular citizens. Bull, bull. We need to get those rich people who are barely paying taxes to pay their fair share. I pay my, my, my fair share. So why can't you pay your fair share? I'm like, I'm sorry. I'm like, mm -mm. I'm like, I love my money. I mean, if I could sleep with it, I would. I'm just telling you point blank. People, this is what the Republicans are going to do. This is a prelude, a preview of what is going to happen the next two years. So guess what? Elect a speaker, please, so we could just get on with it. Because, you know, at the end of the day, you got two years of this. We're only in the first session, but a 118th Congress has not been seated because none of them have been sworn in. And, oh, can we talk about representative-elect, what's his name, George Santos? Republican from New York, oh, honey child. You put out a statement that you were sworn in. God, how many lies is that? How many lies? And then they investigating your butt anyway. And I mean, oh, speaking of investigations. So guess what Kevin McCarthy did with the Club for Growth? So you know how... Republicans like to primary other Republicans, and the same with the Democrats. Well, he cut a deal with the Club for Growth that basically said that a Republican cannot primary another one. 
Now I've heard that there is going to be a referral to the um, House Ethics Committee. Kevin, 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 Kevin. You're that desperate to be speaker. You are that desperate to be speaker. And you should be ashamed of yourself. You really should because I don't, I don't, I don't. Please tell me why you want to be speaker. Please tell me because basically you've gambled against yourself and you've lost 11 times. You've negotiated yourself with little to no power for the speaker. You are actually setting a precedent for future speaker elections. You are. Just think about that. I'm right now, I'm thinking about the institution as a whole. You have denigrated the institution of the House of Representatives. You have. I'm going to say it again. You do not have the numbers. You do not have the numbers. Y'all need Republican conference. Y'all need to find another. Y'all need to y'all need to find another candidate. You need to find another candidate because this ain't working. And I'm tired of Groundhog Day. I'm tired of Groundhog Day. And you know what? I didn't even like Groundhog the movie with Fred. What's his name? Murray, Bill Murray. We, we can't. We cannot keep repeating this. We should not be repeating this. But as of right now, okay, it's ten after noon. I'm pretty sure the nominating speeches have started. That once they're completed, they're going to do the 12th manual roll call vote. And we'll see what happens. You know, I don't know. I, all I'm going to tell you is this. Republicans, y'all need to do something. Because remember, 20 to 21 Republicans have consistently voted against Kevin McCarthy over the past three days. That is a fact. It's not, it is not hyperbole. It is a fact. And y'all need to get with it. You need to stop dilly-dallying. You need to stop fabricating stories and saving face. Ain't, there's no saving, saving face anymore. There is no saving grace anymore in this. There, we're beyond that now. We're truly beyond that now. Only thing that you can do is to have another internal conference, excuse me, meeting, and just come up with a new candidate. And oh, speaking of which, uh, former Republican um, Jason Amash from Michigan, he's been on the House floor because he thinks, well, I could be, you know, I'm here, I'm here. Because guess what, people? You don't necessarily need to be a member of the House to be Speaker. You don't. Constitution does not require that. You do not have to be a member of the House to be Speaker. And I know a few of you um, when on my um, TikTok reels have been saying, <coughs> excuse me, they just want to bring they just want to bring the former president back. Well, you know, Representative Elect Matt Gates did vote for Trump with speakership. He did. But, you know, I, I mean, end of the day, they're not going to get the votes. Kevin McCarthy is not going to get the votes. They need to convalesce around somebody else. I'm not going to tell you who I think that they should because, you know, y'all figure it out. 
all I'm telling you is this is Groundhog Day. And I love how Republicans have been accusing the Democrats of enjoying this and that they had popcorn on the House floor. And then one Republican member of Congress had the nerve to say they over there drinking alcohol. And then when uh, a reporter pushed on it, well, um, if it was, it, it would, um, what do you mean? They've been, they've been um, pushing back on me about this. If, if it wasn't true, why are they defensive? Oh, girl, please sit down. Karen, sit down. Sit down. There was no alcohol on the floor. You know, come on now. I'm like, the Democrats are not going to do any favors for the Republicans. Why should they? I mean, they're in the minority. It's the majority's party. <clears throat> it is their, they have to govern. They're in power. It's their jobs. The Democrats are now the loyal opposition. So, it, I mean, no, don't, you're not going to, they're not going to do you any favors. They are united people. They are, they are united. So I don't know what to tell you. Republican conference members, y'all do the right thing. Please do the right thing. Please do the right thing. I, yeah, please just do the right thing. Um, I, I Yeah. If this continues on, I'm going to have to do another episode because, I mean, I want to talk about other things, but this is this is where we are right now. And this is how your government works. Um, I want y'all to just continue to be vigilant, to keep watching this. And just remember, just please remember this come 2024. Please remember this next November. Please remember this because I'm telling you, November 2024, please remember this because, again, for the next two years, y'all think it's bad now? They've only just begun. And I know that's a Carpenter song. But truly, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not feeling melancholy. I am actually, um, I'm embracing this because... We need to just be vigilant. We need to mobilize. We just do. And what I mean by, I'm, I'm talking about we, those of you who want to see us do better as a country. You know, for me, I just want them to govern. Now, they want to do these shenanigans, these oversight hearings, that yes, that's that's the House and Senate's you know prerogative. It's their power to do so. It's their responsibility to do so. But I'm gonna tell you this. I mean, y'all just gonna waste people's time. And I've heard from Republican staffers to they basically said the first quarter of 2023 is oversight. That's all committees are gonna be doing is oversight. So they're like, come back to us in the second quarter of 2023. Then we'll we'll get started on, you know, legislation. Because remember this, people. The first Monday of February is the president's budget request. It is transmitted to the Hill. It's for fiscal year 2024. That starts the budget process, people. It starts the appropriations process. But until, you know, a speaker is elected and members elect are sworn in, we can't do anything. You can't do anything. You can't do anything. So again, my 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 fellow 
citizen legislators. I'm just going to say, tune in, stay tuned to this bat channel, because, you know, it's bat shit crazy. I'm calling it like it is. And this is the second season. This is the, this is the second season of Topless Government. Remember, I've had, you know, I actually had to explain this to a Hill staffer this week. I was telling her about my podcast and I said, well, do you know Schoolhouse Rock? And she's like, no. And her colleague busted out and said, what? You don't know? Are you kidding me? And she's like, oh, no, wait a minute. Girl, I had to start singing. I'm just a bill here on Capitol Hill. Then she knew what I was talking about. This is what I'm telling you. This is what my podcast is about. It is civics for the masses. It is to educate you about how your government works. I am providing you with the tools necessary to make decisions on who you vote for, to make decisions on what you know policies you want to see in Congress passed and signed by the president. But I digress. Again, this is Topless Government. It's a government and politics show. I hope that you have enjoyed this. I hope I didn't rant too much, but I get really excited about this. You probably already know that. I get really excited about this. But I would be pleased if you would subscribe, um, rate, and review the show. We're on YouTube. We are on YouTube. We have, I think we have like five or six episodes on YouTube. Um, we do Facebook live on, on occasion. I'm on TikTok, people. I, I've done um, close to... I think 21 reels and it's topless government on, um, on TikTok. I've been doing a lot on there and I hope if you follow me on, on TikTok, please follow me uh, on my podcast again on YouTube. I'm on Spotify, player FM, just, you know, please, please check, check out my podcast. I'm trying to make it relatable, fun, and just, you know, educating you about how your government works because as taxpayers, Come on, people. These people were paying for their taxes. And one person said to me, so we're paying for chaos right now. I'm like, yeah, you pretty much, that's what you're doing. So this is a um, production is courtesy of Marcus uh, Donovan, the pasteurized chef. And this is a District Dog Face Studios production. Also, y'all need to tune in to the District of Misfits show. They're back. Every Sunday evening, uh, 10-ish, thank you for the opportunity for me to share my thoughts about Groundhog Day, day four of Groundhog Day and the speaker race. Um, just remember, um, I'm trying to give you my knowledge and my thoughts, and I look forward to geeking out with you again. Stay tuned. Turn in to this bat channel. Thank you so much, and have a good day.